Signifying that our two-hour get-together of commentary is commencing. Roger Seals, your host, Radio Ranch. Name of the program, People's Patriot Network, our platform. And it's a Thursday edition, that Let Your Hair Down Day. I don't know, it just feels different from the other days. Nothing scheduled, not start of the week, etc. Uh, kind of a letdown day, I guess. Things to talk about little relaxed uh interesting date today uh, 11 7 19 i'm not sure what the 19 signifies but the first two certainly are in their wheelhouse and i was thinking about it right before we went on the air they must have those things mapped out for decades on these important dates that coincide with their cabalistic numerical preferences the contact of their initiator we talk about all kinds of stuff here if you're new to the program i don't really give any of this other information enough i feel like it gets redundant but hopefully we got a new person or two straggling in every now and then should you want to call in either a participate which we'd certainly welcome uh, always interesting to get new folks in their perspectives, find out where they are, see if we can grab their hand. If they're at the beginning of the path of understanding, uh, the path to empowerment, all those things, uh, grab you by the hand and help you walk down it a little bit. It's a very confusing path. It's twisty and turny. It doubles back in a few places, and uh, many people need help. especially at the beginning, especially in, as they start to see the curtain be pulled in front of their eyes. It's like, uh, you know, Wizard of Oz. As Toto starts to pull back the curtain, people literally cannot believe they've been deceived to such an extent right in front of their face and that it's so easy to get out of. There's a couple of elements involved in taking this this step over the line to realize it's all just really the Wizard of Oz. In all honesty, that's one of the better parallels, analogies, uh, uh, examples of it because obviously that guy knew what he was talking about, the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, so it's... Uh, it's a threshold to cross. And and I'm not kidding you, it, and I say it from personal experience, and, and, and I'd, I'd use Daryl as an example, our good friend, our listener, our good student, Daryl. Uh, Brian Howard, also another prime example. Some of you uh, have, have applied some of these things in your lives, and you're not as integrally involved in our day-to-day goings-on here but you're sensing it and have your own examples. But those two guys right there are ones that stand out to me uh, that 
were touched by the message, and I've seen them become empowered. That's the point I was trying to get at is this is an empowerment. And, and the funny thing is the deeper you get into it, if you're fortunate enough to get there, you realize that, you know, hell, that's how it's supposed to be. So uh, some folks like Brent, Brent, who we'll have on tomorrow, is, is obstinate about it. I, I don't have to send them anything because that's the way I am, and he's right. See, that's the irony of it. But under the current system, the way that it's imposed to be able to escape its tentacles, you need to tell them because that's the feudal system. And it's just like Glenn said. And I, okay, I wonder what's I haven't heard from Glenn in a while. Uh, I hope he's doing all right. I know he's cold as hell up there in the Dakotas. But just as he said one time, he said, if you do not understand that this is the feudal system, you're shadow boxing. You're shadow boxing if you're not applying those principles that were the basis of a thousand-year system of, of, of governance. Governance, local governance. Back, I think, Bob, uh, Bob or Samuel or somebody brought it up in yesterday's show, all politics is local. I've been hearing that for 30 years. All politics is local. It's true. And now we understand how you can apply this because you can sever the tentacles that have been affecting you from afar by, by learning this information and, and taking this course. And let's see what Mr. Chris has got going on here. Hey, Mr. Chris, welcome aboard, man. I'm just pontificating a little bit here today on what we do and why we do it, inviting new people to check in should they be new and see if we can, you know, sprinkle some water in their eyes and get them totally open. How you doing, man? Well, reasonably well, although uh, still under attack by multiple different agency actors. And the reason we do it is because resistance to tyranny is obedient to God. That's the truth is the only real. I hadn't heard that in a while. Of course, it's it's totally fitting. And you know, I've I've thought about so many of these things because my mind just stays on it for hell twenty eight, twenty nine. I don't even know almost thirty years. And. uh on how how many times you're exposed in like vacation Bible school and stuff when you were young, if you were fortunate enough to be exposed to those sorts of things, when they tell you, you know, truth is the ultimate or weapon, and 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 they show you all these examples and you never really understood it because you didn't understand the system you were in. You weren't old enough, obviously, to understand these things. But as you get older and those lessons come back home, like the swallows come back to Capistrano and it hits you, and uh, uh, you go, "Holy smokes!" and then then you take this information. This is what really brought me through the, the uh, through the field is is fighting these guys and kind of not really un understanding it totally, but having enough of a basis to be and 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 bold enough to go up and stand up against them with it, and see where they faltered. And through that process of a number of years, uh, we found it looks like and, and feels like, and they certainly react like it's the ultimate answer here, the ultimate arbiter. And what is it? Truth. Just like they taught you in vacation Bible school on how this truth is the ultimate weapon. And, and by gosh, we've put that into practical application, and, and all those things are true. And that's part of this and what I was talking about. I don't know. You, you listen by calling in and what I was discussing to up to the point when you dial the numbers. You got a good connection today, by the way. Uh, uh, was that, that this is the path to personal empowerment. Okay. And unfortunately, for, for you, unfortunately, as our good friend, our, our brother in arms here, uh, who's gone through so much. 
and I say this because I've been really personally involved in all this for a few years, you know, and uh, uh, you're kind of having to go at it the hard way. And the lesson for the audience is there's an easier way than Chris has had to be locked up in it, because I firmly believe if you had known this stuff, had a real grasp of it and had filed that paperwork, say, five, eight, ten years ago, you wouldn't be going through this. Well, I can only hypothesize that may have been a better course if I'd have done it sooner. I don't dispute that it probably would have had better effects, although I have been on a continuous path of learning, self-educating, and acquiring knowledge. Very many of those sources, uh, particularly against you and Brent and others on your uh, channel, and uh, even on other channels you've run beforehand, I've expanded my knowledge exponentially. Uh, being a due diligent investigative researcher. And, of course, I don't just take what I hear and run with it. I try to do some investigatorial affirmation and qualification uh, to give myself reasonable basis to have foundational facts and evidence to support my positions that I adopt for my own, much like you've done and most truth seekers diligently and dutifully do. Well, you know, the uh, the cliche is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I mm, found that to be very true. And what you're doing is going through the the levels. Of, you're, you're actually got the adversarial attack, okay? And, and, and you're mm. having to fight that on several different fronts, okay, by some real bad actors at real, real high positions. And hopefully mm. most people that don't learn this should they get in an exchange with the beast do not have to go well do are not as targeted as you are put it that way but the ultimate goal is to try and get people before they get into any trouble with a total clean slate and get that paper in there get the education in their noggins and the wheels turning a bit and uh, uh, that emboldens somebody and they start taking the steps and it's a real process man just like I've said so many times and the only reason I can say is because I've been through it myself you know I see it looking back from my path is because I was I, I, I was just as disbelieving if I wouldn't have had all of those years of schooling in the fact that it was the feudal system and all that exposure from John I, 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 I would have been more disbelieving, but when I stumbled into it, that's what gave me the balls to step forward. Okay. And, and, and contest them and it worked. All right. But now most people don't have that background and knowledge in those years of study in the feudal system and realize how it's all put together and why it works the way it does when they get to that point. And that adds a lot to their disbelief. And uh, uh, people just cannot believe they've been. It's just like Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool a man than tell him he's been fooled. And you tell people they've been fooled to this magnitude, to this degree, to this extent, and it exceeds their belief system. I uh, ran across such an individual last night, but before I get into that, you know, Roger, I look back and see what's going on today on the world so-called legal stage with this uh, Trump impeachment nonsense and this witch hunt uh, sham legal show trial, Star Chamber, that they're trying to secretly indict and convict the president on, and 
that's a macrocosm on the world stage that's truly a very close representation of the exact things I'm undergoing here it in is. Las Vegas. It, it absolutely I mean, is, Chris. I, I I can see the parallel, and I totally agree. They're well, having cover up no. stacking grand juries and packing them with well, their well, well, own assassin lynch mobs posed as uh, well, fair and independent people. Uh, it's just absolutely well, listen, insane now, what's going. I saw Nunes interviewed on Tucker Carlson last night. I really, I really like Tucker Carlson. I like his, from a professional, you know, from one person that does this kind of to another, on that kind of a critique, that guy has really got it. He's, he's sincere, he's honest, he appears to be, he projects well, he's, he's not right or left, he's right or wrong. Uh, he approaches issues and they're exposing things that none of the other uh, networks uh, in this mass media establishment will even touch with a 10-foot pole. And uh, I, I really have my hats. I've kind of got addicted to the guy, you know. If I don't go on the weekends when he's not on, I kind of miss looking at him, you know. But, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, really. And uh, um, so he, uh, they were talking about a lot of that stuff last night. He had newness on. Interesting newness always appears when he's evidently in his district. I, I don't know if they're in D.C. now or not. If they're in D.C., he's got a backdrop that he appears in front of with two green John Deere tractors and in a barn behind him. <laughs> so anyway, I've noticed that over the years. But Nunes was saying exactly what you're saying. He said, you know, look, they won't let us know the, the name of the guy. They won't let us question him. And they're still trying to ram through these uh, uh, the, these impeachment documents without even knowing who you're being accused by or having the opposite side get a chance to question him. I mean, you well, want you to know, talk right. about tyranny on it. Now, the, my point is, hold on, as, as that's a, not only egregious, it's outside of every due process scheme that's ever been around our country, from best I can tell, but it shows you their level of desperation. Oh, absolutely, Roger. You know, I was listening yesterday and today because it was a worthy interview to listen to. Bob Barnes, Robert Barnes, was a pretty astute attorney uh, for Alex Jones on his uh, InfoWars channel was on there. And his observations were right in line with what we're talking about right now. He was talking about the fact that it's supposed to be up to... I mean, the lawyers are in the court every day, much like I've been in the courts on very many days. And observe the corruption in these judicial chambers, so-called. But when they're really a special administrative hearing officers posing, they're really just law attorneys with black robes on. They have, they're all barred esquires. They're oath to higher secret obligations than most people have in the contingency. And I don't think Barnes was being totally truthful, but he was actually being very accurate and said that they use their bar license and their income as lever rage to control them, to muzzle, to silence, to control the speech and the matters that get before the court, to protect the corruption that goes on in there with just a abject cesspool of cancerous, complete corruption. And this judicial deception, that's cited in a case called Gary Klein versus the city of Beverly Hills that talks about judicial discretion, deception. When the judge abuses their discretion, much like this one, this Amy Burwell, or whatever it is, is this former Obama appointee judge, uh, 
And what they've discovered and what Barnes and others were letting out on there is this is a high-level government White House appointee from the Obama administration that was in the Office of Managing Budget. Her husband was on the DOJ at a high-level position in Obama's yep. White House. Yep. Uh, appointed Stephen Burwell, who was uh, sworn in by Joe Biden. And well, whenever you understand this Mueller investigation was really a cover-up and trying to frame the blame on Trump for the crimes that they had done because they were all up their necks and eyeballs yep. in this Russian yep. corruption stuff. Yep, 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 yep. Now, that's the case they also touched on last night, I believe, was Roger Stone with this judge. Oh, yeah. And they, they did that whole background, Tucker did, on that, and some of the outrageous things that she's done in court in this proceedings against Stone and uh, I can't. I just can't remember all of them. But it, it it's obviously a blatantly egregious, and it proves to you that exactly what you said at the start of your last statement. This they're they're administrative officials, okay? They're in, who do they? How do you know that that's not a real courtroom? Is because the only people that they've got authority over our citizens of the United States and residents. And that is the administrative state, the very backbone of the administrative state, the, the, the method that they use to have the authority and legitimacy to make man-made laws and reach out and enforce them upon you. That is the administrative state. And it's all based on the 14th Amendment. And and so uh, that shows you exactly your statement is true. They're administrative officials, administrative judges, whatever you want to call them. That's what the district court system. And you, I've been told, I remember being told, the only place you can really access real laws in the first place is at the appellate level. Well, that might be so, but... I point out that the conflict is that since they have a bar qualification for the complete judiciary, they can only be bar members, although the law doesn't provide for that. That's their private policies of their bar, which has a complete death grip on the complete judicial system. I have a copy of the appeals court's manual for the judges, and there's an application for the Supreme Court for a judge it's a bar application is exactly what it is. Yeah, well, that's why people like Learned Hand never got above. Once they had the, their taste of that old system with a few people like Judge Harlan, who you mentioned yesterday, Downs v. Bidwell, once they had a taste mm -hmm. of that and they could get those people out of the arena, they were gone. And the ones that were given uh, Roosevelt problems up through the 30s that were ruling against all of his New Deal legislation, the probably there's two or three of those cases. And the one I remember particularly because of the style is Schechter versus Schechter Coultry. And, and those were all New Deal cases, and they were all ruled against Roosevelt, and that's why he stacked the court. Okay? Okay. Uh, very interesting. I was, uh, as you called in, I was trying to get to a point where I was going to tell people if there was anybody new and you wanted to have any of these things addressed, we would love to hear from you sincerely. We don't bite. Chris, Absolutely. I, I've had to have my teeth replaced. I don't bite anymore. And uh, you can do that by dialing 404 448 
1420. Now, since you didn't have your pencil, I'm going to give it again and slowly 404 448 1420. We really welcome new folks calling in. Love to know you're in the family and welcome you and see if we can, you know, put a pacifier in your mouth and get you settled down and on the right path here. Um, Let's see what else I have on my plate I wanted to talk about today. Um, well, while you're doing that, let me share something with you. Yeah, please do. Uh, Barnes case that was really important. He uh, defended Wesley Snipes, and he has uh, okay. significant to do with uh, defending Roger Stone, as you mentioned. Okay, now Snipes, hold on for a second. Was, hold on. Snipes was under IRS. Wasn't he one of the IRS got targets a, a few years back? Uh, I'm not sure if it was an IRS case or some other action as kind of the uh, inference that I got from the discussion. And uh, uh, he, he said that Wesley Snipes had a stacked grand jury, and they were trying to uh, equate it with if Obama went into a courtroom with a bunch of white ones. He said that Wesley Snipes' jury, he said that they had specifically picked a very uh, radically uh, racist jury of all white members that were as white as the snow on the Green Bay Packers field the day before, and that uh, there was no way to get any pretense of a fair, neutral file because it was really a hit jury, a lynch mob. Uh, the only question they didn't ask, he said, was did they bring their rope? Well, <laughs> hey, that the was n- now that you now that you jog my memory, that was the, what they were covering with that federal judge last night on Tucker Carlson was the voir dire or the jury selection and a female on there that they put on the jury whose husband works at DOJ. That's the same story you were telling, and that was over a voir dire uh, issue, and the damn judge let her sit on the jury. Well, and that's a, a heavily biased. The judge must recuse himself if yeah, they have no, the she, appearance of bias. I'd say that's dramatic appearance well, of it. It's plain and clear as the mud on their face. This is a female. <laughs> this is a female judge. Yeah, I've got her name here somewhere. I think it was. Uh, she's an something Obama. Matthews. Something. She's an Obama appointee. That's why they're trying to get these, these all these judicial things in there and get some. I, I, there, there's a hundred and something judicial openings around the country. I think Trump's. They've been able to fill a bunch of them. Um, I, I was going to mention a minute ago. We were talking about the appellate level. Mm-hmm. And I had a chance to do that with my case against the IRS that led up to where we are now, really, because it was such a mm-hmm. big fork in the road for me because of the personal agony that I went through just dealing with that Hmm. stuff for a short amount of time. Now you've been dealing with it for years on end. And I know that because I've been somewhat involved with you. Okay. For a long time on what's it been about three years now, Chris, since we got you sprung out of that funny farm they put you in. Well, going back to 2016, this is 2019. That's three years, but it went farther back than that. Roger, I have tracked it by the self-admission on the stand under oath from a domestic terrorist, Saul Linsky, out here, Kenneth Mead, who told us on the stand that he had been following me, likely without a warrant, when they were doing a surveillance stakeout 
for the terrorist crime of trying to overthrow the government, he claimed, because we were going to, uh, we study law class. We were studying law and how to develop Title 42, 1983 lawsuits to hold criminal public employees accountable for their egregious acts against we the people. And they claimed that was terrorism because they received a $5 million grant after the false flag shooting here in Las Vegas over at the so-called Mandalay Bay's uh, Route 91 Harvest Festival uh, Pollock so-called lone wolf shooter event. And how can a lone wolf uh, carry out a shooting from one location and have live shooter drills going on at five or six locations simultaneously? It is a preposterous absurdity impossibility. It, 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 the whole thing is an absurdity. And the fact that the people don't ask more questions, they keep hitting you with new stuff, and the things like Las Vegas fade into the memory real quick unless you're directly affected, like 9-11, like the people that still uh, uh, are fighting 9-11. I saw two of them recently, uh, two sons who had their fathers killed in the buildings. They're mm -hmm. still fighting it, and they're fighting it. I can't remember. It was a couple of weeks ago when they had them on, but uh, they were uh, absolutely beside themselves because they'd gotten their suit to the Justice Department, and the Justi Justice Department will not release the names of the Saudi people in the discovery documents. And uh, they were they they were just absolutely befuddled that the their own representatives of their own government would cover up foreigners as opposed to the the fathers that they lost in this horrific incident. Hey, we got both Chris's on, man. How about that? Chris one and Chris two has joined us now from across the pond. Hey, Chris, how you doing today or tonight over there? And I guess this evening. It's about five or six yes. o'clock, right? Yes, yeah, half past four, and it's getting dark. I've got the light on indoors. Um, yeah, we're doing very well in England, although, you know, the weather's been pretty grotty, wet, and damp. I mean, I prefer the cold and dry. Well, global solar minimum. That's it, yeah. Global solar We're getting cold instead of hotter. <laughs> They're about to get really hit with it in our country here. Uh, they got t twin Arctic polar blasts coming down. It's interesting how they've got the jet stream. It's one of those years when normally in the U.S., if you're looking at it on the map, kind of, the jet stream comes out of the northeast and it plunges down, and that's why they have all that good skiing out west in the Sierra Madre and in the Utah, the Wasatch Mountains and the Rockies. And and this year, that jet stream, it shifts slightly east and it starts coming down in the middle of the country or a little bit east of that and the northeast gets plunged. And that seems to be the pattern that's happening this year. But they're still getting a lot of snow sure. out west. Not sure if the weather pattern shifted or if the pole shifted, and it makes it look like the weather pattern. Shifted. Well, you, you you don't know if they're not playing with harp, and and you you, you know there's yep, that's a, a fact. As, as Rumsfeld would say, there are knowns and there are unknowns. <laughs> I, I always wonder whether you know they they think they can control the weather, whether you know they they get un, unexpected consequences that they hadn't uh, calculated.
Well, you know, Chris, that just goes to prove my point that we perceive these people as being all powerful. And it's not that they're not powerful, but it's, it is that they're not all powerful and the weather and what they do with it is a perfect example because they can manipulate it, but they can't control it. That's right. Same way with the financial system. They can manipulate it. Mm. They can't control it. Same way with the legal system, Chris. They can manipulate it, but they can't control it. When you confront them with truth, they recognize it. You you was talking earlier about the bar. Did you know it stands for British Accredited Registry? Heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. It's controlled from the temple uh, in London. Uh, the ends of court, and one of the judges in America was on record as saying, "Oh, we get our orders from England." Then surprise me. I recall me. there's a maxim. Go ahead, Chris. A maxim of law that describes the scenario. It's called uh, basically they say that you can change the consequences. No, you can change the circumstances but you can't change the consequences of circumstances. And that's what we're talking about here. They can manipulate certain aspects, but the outcomes are based upon what happens, the consequences from what they do. And they can trip it thinking, it's like in the situation I'm involved in. They thought I would do this and that, but I didn't do anything like they thought I would do because they don't know the mens rea of this man they don't know how one man will react to external stimuli because every man has a different set of circumstances that they've grown up, belief systems, uh, truisms, foundational core positions that they operate from. And if you don't know that, and nobody can assess that by listening or reading something once or twice, you have to really know them, and even then you may not know the true inner workings of the mind of that man or woman. And so any pretextual inferences that you can know how somebody's going to act or react are nothing but hypothetical, unsubstantiated hearsay at the best, I guess, and they may be radically different from the outcomes that truly come from it. I think they're really playing Pavlov here, and they go in and utilize this real sophisticated conditional response formulas. Okay, and occasionally, Poor <laughs> yeah, occasionally there are people that are, for whatever reason. I mean, the the reason is God put that fire of freedom in your heart at birth. Okay, and, and with most people, they've 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 got it down to where it's just a couple of barely little similar embers. But, and this information comes along and it stokes that fire that's always been there since you came into the world because your maker put it in you, all right? And the, the, the problem I, they've got is there's a few people where the fire burns a little hotter, like Daryl, <laughs> like, Brian, like Brian Howard, like yourself, Chris, like yourself, Chris, too, and, and others. And uh, uh, Gary is a great example. You know, Gary, our good oh, listener, yeah. Gary from South Florida. And he told me, he just popped up one day. He's one of those guys called in. I didn't know who he was. He'd been listening for a bit. And if you hadn't heard this story, Chris, it's pretty interesting. He's, he's a savvy uh, uh, middle-aged guy. 
And uh, he said he, he, he got down on his knees and started praying for God to send him truth. And somehow, some way, shortly after that, he stumbled on one of my videos. I don't have very many, okay, <laughs> or one of my audios or something. And, uh, uh, and, and he started listening to the show. It took him about, I don't know, a year and a half to have the knowledge, the confidence, the situation, the what, wherewithal, whatever, to step forward. And he finally filed his affidavit here recently. Uh, and uh, it, it takes a while with people. And even with bright people for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons is the intimidation factor they've laid out there to reinforce their fraudulent agenda. And from birth, we're kind of conditioned to these black robe, uh, black vested guys with guns and all this authority that we're supposed to cower to and obey. Okay. And you're conditioned into that. That's Pavlovian. And you have to really, it, takes either the special person or a, a, a bit of time and maybe sometimes both to have the balls to step through the curtain and start taking action. Now, this is Here's one of that. those instances in life when action it certainly is the accumulation of all of this is someone taking action. But one of the benefits, if somebody doesn't, for whatever reason, feel comfortable taking that step, at least the information gives them some sanity because otherwise the world mm. is insane. Alan Lee's song, tell me where there's sanity. I mean, <laughs> Here's there that citation right there. that came from Robert Barnes uh, yesterday on the Alex Jones InfoWars show. And Robert Barnes is a pretty astute attorney and he may be operating under the beliefs that we have a constitutional government from the way he talks. I'm not sure if he really believes that, but that's the impression he gives. But he cited Presser Industries, P-R-E-S-S-E-R, versus the Superior Court of California at 464 U.S. 501. And basically that outlines the obligations to disclose who the jurors are so that the people that are being judged by them and watchers that want to ensure the efficacy, the lawful nature, and fair and neutral basis for the grand jury's operating that can be carried out and true, absent specific critical circumstances that may create a special situation where they could be placed under seal. But other than that, it's supposed to be an open, transparent process. And I certainly appreciate him bringing that to the attention well, of listeners. Such well, you were referencing grand juries in there. This is an impeachment proceeding, and every bit of there's no written rules. There's a protocol. It's only been done a few times in the history of the country. And the very first step is you have to get the whole entire house congregated to vote on it. They haven't even done that. They won't let they won't identify the witness. They won't let the opposition talk to them, and they've never gotten the general body to vote the proceeding in the first place. I was going to ask you, um, uh, uh, Roger, uh, Star Chamber is is that comes from the Jewish Star and Shetter Law? Yes. And um, is it sort of like they also talk of having? hearings in camera in other words there's 
nobody present, only the judge. And it's this a sort of thing. It's a star chamber. It's dark. It's hidden from the outside. Correct. What I had heard about those proceedings, I've done a little bit of research into that over the years, not a lot. And I've read that some people, and there's suppositions here, okay, and that the connection you made between the word star and the word shetar are historically accurate and that those proceedings, when they take you into the room and close the door, they would go over and have the shetar in a, in a case on the side of the room, you know, with others, and they would go over and open that up and get the actual document out and then start the proceedings. Right. And that, you know. And I, I think, I think <laughs> the, where I've seen it, the star is spelled S-T-A-R-R rather than S-T-A-R. Right. Is that right? Yeah. And it doesn't stand for star aid decisis either, does no. it? <laughs> Let me welcome Bob, who's uh, been motivated to join us here. And uh, we always appreciate him getting on board. Hey, Bob, Robert, what's going on, man? Good morning, good afternoon, depending on who and where you are. Um, in camera, I had heard that term, and I never understood what it meant, so I finally decided to look. And it is so interesting to me, as you all know, I'm a word guy, as most of us are to some degree. But the real mist or the real surprise in the whole thing was where the that that we call a camera to take a picture. Yep. The surprise is that we call it a camera <laughs> because it really has nothing to do with it. Yeah. It means chamber. Yeah. It means it means a chamber, and it's in this case the old. I don't even know if I'm going to say the word right, daguerreotype, the old pre-film style, you know, the big box. You had the the guy with the head up under the cape, you know, and all yeah. draped over him to keep it dark. Right. Well, the fact is that it was likened to being a dark chamber. Right. And so they called it a chamber and shortened it to camera. Weren't those not, on, not shortened, but weren't those uh, those inserts that they'd stick in the camera? Weren't those silver-based plates? <sighs> Boy, it seems like yep. there was some type Daguerreotype. of or something. But anyway, Daguerreotype. when I <laughs> yeah, when I when I looked at that, I, I asked my wife because I know she sits there and watches Law and Order often, you know, and it's. It's interesting, and I'll watch it, you know, just because it's interesting to see how we're led down that path. You know, we grew up on Perry Mason and, and uh, you know, Joe Friday, and, and now we've got law and order, and it teaches us how to be a good surf, you know. Yep. You, you've got a kowtow to this guy in the robe, and I've heard that term in camera. You know how when you learn a new word, you hear it all the time, but yes. you've never heard it before? Right. And I asked my wife, I says, so do you ever remember hearing that phrase? And she said, no, I don't think I've ever heard it. And I'm betting that she has, because I know I have, and I'm pretty sure that's where I would have heard it. But at any rate, you know, it's one of those things where once you know something, you can't unknow it. And once you've heard a word and understand it, it's like, ding, you hear it all the time. And uh, 
anyway, yeah, I just thought that was fascinating because the, the real surprise to me was that we called this thing that we take photographs with a camera. Yep. That was the real surprise when I figured out what the word meant. It means a box. I, 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 <laughs> witnessed, I, witnessed, I witnessed one of those in, in uh, tax court <laughs> in Atlanta in the 11th Circuit building there with my now deceased good friend David Strait's tax court uh, uh, appearance there. I mentioned it on the show before. It's worth talking about. It's very interesting. It does exactly uh, uh, show you what this was. And and he had hired um, IRS had always approved his accounting methods. He'd owned. You ever heard of Lincoln Log Homes? He had owned. He was a partner mm-hmm. in Lincoln Log Homes, and then he split off and started his own uh, business of prefab homes. Is very successful, and through that whole period of time he used an accounting method and every time they had had uh, examinations at lincoln log and the irs blessed it and then when he went off and started his own company which was called eagles nest homes a real freedom oriented guy david was and uh they went to the irs said we're going to use this accounting method we used it over here you okayed it then they go great so he gets into all his activities of writing and getting all these letters published and he literally got the Constitution repassed as a county ordinance in Cherokee County, Georgia. And we had a big movement. There's hundreds of people out there that night at the county commission meeting and, and all this stuff. And we got that done. And he raised a lot of hackles. And so the IRS came out there. And they said, well, we've decided not to okay this accounting system anymore. And you owe us $650,000. And so David decided to fight him, and he went and hired, I think the guy's name is Mims, and he's from Houston, and he had recently won a $10 million lawsuit against the IRS. That's why David hired him. And so he goes into court. There's a bunch of us in court, in tax court. You go into this. The 11th Circuit there in Atlanta is right in downtown Atlanta, and it's one of these majestic 100-plus-year-old buildings back when they used to really build things with quality. And it's a lovely, lovely old building and a, a really reverent. You kind of have to get reverent when you go in there. You walk in the door, Chris, and there's a... On the first and, and the subground floor is a big atrium, and that's the whole law library, and people have got access to the 11th Circuit Law Library down there. Mm. It's a really nice setup. And the tax court's up in the upper uh, floors, and you got to go down these dark halls and get down there, of course. But anyway, there's a bunch of us in there, and they got the group leader, the uh, accounting leader there, uh, on the stand, and Mims got her to admit under oath that she had changed the figures in the accounting. And the the uh-huh. tax court administrative judge went, this is right at the end of the day. It's like 4.30, 4.45 anyway. And uh, the tax court judge went apoplectic, and he closed the courtroom, and he brought all of the uh, uh, participants, the attorneys and the witness in camera, and absolutely, from what Mims told us, lost, blew a gasket, and uh, closed the court down, ha- opened it up the next morning. She got back on the stand, and they ended up charging David $675,000. He had the money to stroke him a check, which uh, I, I know was very painful for him. 
That is a exhibition of judicial terrorism from the bench. Uh, they got undeniable evidence on the record by spontaneous admission on under oath by the agent that she had tampered with evidence. That's called the push code. Uh, whenever they change the numbers to create phony evidence or to make it appear that somebody's violated something. They do that all the time. It's kind of the same stuff they do here in Las Vegas that I've run across, uh, where they trump up and manufacture their own phony different evidence and try to stick it on you and claim it's your evidence or convince you that it's real true bona fide official process when it is sham legal fictitious service posed as process. They do it. In fact, I had some issues. Uh, in fact, you mentioned in Camara, I think is the uh pronunciation of the word, which if you look it up in Black's Law, it's where the judges meet in secret in their ch chambers. And of course, if we look at Camara, that's the Ka-mi-ra, the Ka in ancient Hebrew is the assembly of the worshippers of me, the god Ra, and the chain bar is the Sha-am-Sha-mi-bar, the chamber, chamber. Uh, this, is, this stuff is so deep, so interwoven, so secretly embedded in the words we use every day that we don't know. And I had the judges and nothing but hearsay debt buyer attorneys in Arizona meet in Camara ex parte without me who filed the case and stole my damn house Chris, in a secret proceeding. Camara is a running back for the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's another one. <laughs> Let me see if I can get out of the University of Tennessee. Hey, Cody here. How you doing, buddy? Uh, good morning. The, good morning, uh, Cody. The, yeah, good morning, Chris. Is it kind of a light day on the People's Patriot Network? It's Thursday. It's Let Your Hair <laughs> Down Day, you know, kind of. Yeah, the... Uh, what was I listening to yesterday's show? Interregnum, I think, was a good word that I learned from, <laughs> I think, uh, Daryl. I learned that, too. <laughs> Is a period of discontinuity or gap in government, organizational, social order. And uh, when I read that, it kind of reminded me of what Alex Jones said the other day about Mexico. He said, you know, Mexico really never has gotten civilized. And I thought that was a really profound statement you know maybe not 100 percent true i mean they got airplanes that fly there and all that but you know really it kind of is you know uh, the way uh cody my uh my landlord who i don't think you've met patrick's father mike have you if you did you, you uh, i can't yeah briefly i met him at the super bowl party there jack had okay okay well uh they uh him his uh his girlfriend has a dear friend that's fairly, I guess, well off down in central Mexico. And I don't remember the states, Guadalajara or wh whatever it was, but he went down there. He left here a, a while back, just about six, eight months ago, and went and spent two weeks there. And he was telling me how nice it was. He said, I, a, lot, a lot of gringos down there. Everybody's real nice. The complaints that people have on Ecuador usually of the lack of service and all that attitude, you know, down here, it, it isn't as prevalent up there. And he said it was totally different and said, well, I, I can't understand why more people don't go to Mexico. And I think this week is evidence of, of, of why 
can answer that question. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did for me. I already, I already pretty well had it answered, you know, but I think it was a good example. And that was one thing that Tucker was railing on last night, another division at the top of the New World Order. All the Democratic candidates and all the lackeys up there, what's the big, how can we desert the Kurds? we got to put all this money and stuff into trying to form them their own country, and we can't even build a wall. We're just south of the border. They just massacred how many? Nine. There was another one recently, too, that didn't get hardly any press. But at least and nine that, yeah. people they massacred in this ambush. And, and, and two of them were eight-year-old, eight-month-old twins. And they shot them in cold blood yeah, yeah. and burned the car they were in. Yeah, those, those, those guys are sick. They, my wife calls them uh, sanguinarios, which, you know, instead of, they, they always use the word sicario, which I think is hitman, but... Sanguinarios meaning bloodthirsty. Blood. You know, they're just sick, yep. bloodthirsty. Those yep. people. Yep, Sanguinarios. Anyway. Uh, That's interesting. If I might chime in here, I have to have the names of all these people if you're interested. But I have an observation that to me, when they burned that car, in particularly, I don't think this was a random hit or no. initiation hit at all. I think no. these people were targeted perhaps because of their political beliefs, and that was a satanic, and the Satanism down in that part of the world is very, very thick and embedded from their so-called Canaanized uh, Catholic cult churches down the uh, so-called civilized Mexico put under the civil realm, the justice of Rome, which is a bunch of perverts, pedophiles, and abusers of each body of the Shadamite that uh, took over the place indoctrinated the people down there and how to do this stuff. Well, and what you're seeing is the fallback. Well, well back, uh, back up, Chris. Back how up, how yeah. is the Catholic Church treating, teaching people to be uh, devil worshippers? I'm curious your thoughts on that. Well, when you look at the Pope and his Drago hat being uh, a pontifical posing as God's representative on Earth, uh, when we go back and look at the uh, Justinian's code and his assimilation of the Ecclesia, the church and the state in Rome, when he made the uh, Pope his agent uh, working in league with the government, uh, that's basically how this whole Catholic occult got uh, brought up. Is It's always been a very dark operation. In fact, you go back to Robin Hood's story and Sherwood Forrest, John Little, a.k.a. Little John, was a Jesuit. That's the warring oh, arm it? of the Zionist infiltration of the Catholic Church. Well, let me give you an example, Cody. You know, when they, when they conquered Mexico and the Jesuits were right there with the Spaniards, they came in, they did it in North America, too, up around where you live, actually. And they'd go into the Indian tribes and they'd give them blankets for their infants that were laced with smallpox. But was that the Jesuits, or was that just oh, no, the no, military that was, doing no, that? No, Jesuits. Really? Yes. Huh. Had you all ever uh, heard the story about Easter and something? Okay, here was a YouTube video, and they showed the dying of the eggs. Actually, the dying of the red eggs was the blood of the newborn child that had been sacrificed. And I can't remember the whole story. It was something about Easter. the priest would impregnate a virgin on the altar, I think, in front of like the congregation, and then nine months later, that would be the baby that would then be sacrificed, and that's why the eggs are dyed red. 
Wouldn't surprise me a bit. <laughs> Easter, <laughs> uh, uh, I've heard, I've heard, read or heard that it, it, it's word comes from Chris might know. He's our etymology in, in expert. Comes from Ishtar. Yeah, Ishtar, Esther, Easter, uh, Samaranus, Diana cults, uh, <laughs> Mother Earth cults. This is all stuff. The Ishtar gates, of course, were the, ba- the monstrous place that was beautiful uh, there in ancient uh, Mesopotamia. And uh, these places were just fabulous. Uh, that's the truth that the, they want to hide so desperately to keep us from knowing it. That's why they want to go in there and destroy all those places. That's why the peanut, uh, what was it, seven country, five countries in seven years, like that, their plan to completely control and demonate the whole Middle East. That was a Zionist plan posed as an American policy. It's a fert- it's another fertility rite, Cody. Uh, that's why mm-hmm. the, the rabbits are part of the symbol and the dying of the eggs and all that. And it's to take away from the emphasis and to p- pair their pagan holiday with our Christian holiday and try and overshadow it. Okay. The same thing with Christmas. Holi- Do you know that there's is only there- two calendar days that are that we have holidays after men now? Remember when you, you you're probably not young, old enough to remember, but some of us old farts around here remember when we used to have Lincoln's birthday as a holiday, Washington's birthday as a holiday, and they combined those and gave them to Martin Luther King. So the only two days of the yearly calendar that are dedicated to to men are Christmas and Martin Luther King Day. Hmm. They rolled everything else into President's Day. Now, who is Esther? I'm trying to remember. Esther from Esther, the Bible, or was she yeah, the Jewish Esther? Esther? Esther is a book in the Bible, and it is she is the center of one of the biggest Jewish holidays of the year called Purim. It's in the spring, P-U-R-I-M. Oh, that's, read the, about that's it. the Purim festival, those sick effers there. Are they? Okay. Yep. It's like, the Jew, it's like Jewish Mardi Gras. Well, for all those people listening out there, they need to look that up. You can actually find pictures of these sick guys at Purim, ladies and guys that'll have like the World Trade Center built around their body with planes hitting it and stuff like they're celebrating, yep. you, you know, that. So, yep. And it's not just one picture. I found multiple ones yep. on an image search yep. during Purim, you know. They are sick puppies, so. and the world really needs to be rid of them. Okay. Yeah, the problem is they got fairly high IQs, and they've got a, they've got a religion that's a cult that really gets people behind it by well, telling everybody you're better right. than everybody else. Uh, uh, you know, that's right, and and we can't get rid of them. That's not going to happen. So what we've got to do is become wise to them and their ways, and to educate our fellows. Same. Yeah, well, that article I sent you this morning, I don't know if you actually read it, but it basically went on to say that there, I, apparently there's a Jewish lady in the Italian Senate, something about is there for life, I didn't understand how that would be, but then they went on to say that they got a bill passed to, you know, recognize all this anti-Semitic hate, whatever, and most of the, no, they you know, didn't. most of no. the people wouldn't, Cody, you didn't they wouldn't read, vote on it. You didn't yeah. read no, the they article. they wouldn't vote on it. They didn't get it passed. They got abstentions. No, no, right, it was proposed. It was proposed, proposed, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't even vote on it. Well, they did vote on it, and the all, entire right coalition abstained from voting. 
And so what right, they did yeah. was yep. went in and appoint a security committee to protect her. But what it did was bring to the surface in Italy uh, and, and the far, all the far-right groups, there's three of them. One of them was Ber- Berscaloni. Remember that playboy president they had Berlusconi, over there? Berlusconi, yeah. From yep. his, his Wawa parties or whatever they were. Uh, one of them was his group and two others, and they both had legitimate reasons. One of them came back and said, we don't want this targeted because it, it, it doesn't it, it might bring in Islamophobia and all kinds of other stuff. But what I really was surprised about in that article if you read it closely, did you see how many Jews are estimated to be in the entire country of Italy? Yeah, I didn't read the whole thing. I just thought it was really, you, you knew they were sending them a message, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying, that the people are getting wise to the Jewish, you know, the anti-infiltration, you know, infiltration and, you know, basically said we abstained, you know, which kind of is like giving them, giving them the finger. So I thought that was the interesting part of that article. Well, this was shocking to me. Because they compared it directly to Germany and France. How much, uh, Chris? Too. How many Jews do you think are estimated to be in Italy? Oh no, I do. Thirty thousand only, compared to half a million in France and Germany. Uh, are you including uh, Sicily? In I'm, I, I'm telling you what it said in the article. They said oh, they right. estimated 30,000 Jews in Italy. That's not That's very a pretty low number. Hell, I wish we only had 30,000 of them. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty low number. It is. I mean, I was really shocked, but it does go to go to c- confirm to some extent this worldwide rise in consciousness as to our enemy, their techniques, and what they're doing. Pe- most people have no idea to the extent that we do here understand and talk about on a regular basis, but the rise in consciousness in the gene pool is... Uh, and don't forget the old saying, Bob, you're a Florida guy now. A rising tide rises all boats. That's what I hear. If it doesn't rise your yep. boat, Unless there's a hole you, in it. <laughs> you better be looking for some problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now we got a lot of holes in our boat with all the Jewish bankers sucking out. As, these, as we're trying to raise this society up, you know? Yeah. Well, it's going to crumble. Sure. We can't do anything about it. We're, we're dictated to become aware and to get out personally and protect yeah. yourself. And as a group of strong individuals, we're invincible. I mean, they, their efforts have never won in history, except temporarily. Long term, they always lose. There's been how many, uh, Chris, too, I've, I've heard between 80 and 120 different incidents throughout history where these guys have basically tried the same thing, and they always lose. Now, I clicked him. Why didn't he come in? Okay, let's, there he comes. Uh, is, is, is somewhere around 100 times or more, this has happened, and what every time has happened is the white man has risen up pointed his finger, identified the culprit, and threw their asses out. If we'd have hung a few of them along the way a few more times, maybe we wouldn't be in this mess as deep and they'd have learned their lesson. But I don't know if they're capable of learning the lesson, in all honesty. What do you think, Patrick? 
No, it's for written. Uh, talking about uh, Sicily, if you study out the uh, Esau Edomite Jew, they're they're crypto Jews down there. They're all they're all Jewish in the mafia. Every yep. one of them, if yep. you study them out, that's yep. exactly who they are. Wouldn't surprise me. Sicily no, was such a key. Chris, hit your mute if you would, please, bro. Uh, Sicily was such a key trading port, and they always gravitate to those key areas in trade. They've done it throughout history. Look what yep. happened to Rome. I mean, Rome changed because of these guys. Rome changed because they brought their merchant law into Rome as Rome became an empire. And they started using these shetars, which have self-help remedies embedded in the contract, and giving people an easy way to get a remedy without having to go through the formal Roman court system. And that one element right there changed the Roman law from the law of the creator, basically, over to this commercial law that we today call the Roman Civil Code. That's the litany of it, okay? They're doing the same thing. These self-help remedies are the way that they, that they undercover bring tyranny into a culture, I've come to conclude. They're, they but take this is an equity. Pardon me? I mean, an equity court is a contract court, but, if I'm no, not it, mistaken. So, what what's really the difference? I mean, you're well, saying the difference is the con. No, no, the Well, I'm going to try and tell you the difference is the contract. Shetars have been around, I guess, since Babylon, and they serve a very useful purpose. Okay, just like everything else that they utilize, it's got a good and a bad side. The actual concept is good because it relieves the burdening of the court system, and it should be in a clear-cut manner. But they weaponize them and hide them, Cody. Okay, self-help remedies are lien, levy, garnishment, and seizure. There's four of them. And self-help means that they can exercise them without going through a formal court proceeding, okay? Because the court remedy is written in to the contract. And this is the way it works. I'll give you an absolutely practicable example. You need that new truck over there? They're offering the 20% discount on the GMCs this fall? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're going to go over there. You're going to pay for it cash, Cody. You're going to finance it with all those good, sweet financing deals and no interest for the rest of your life, as long as you pay them. Well, you're going to say when they repossess it, that's a self-help remedy is kind of what you're saying, right? Correct, and the reason why yeah. is that you default on the payments. Well, hell, by the time they can get a court, uh, 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 charge you, serve you, get it on the docket, and get it to where they could re get a judgment to repossess the car might be 8, 10, 12 months. You'd be down here in Ecuador for half a year by that time, Okay. So the, a shetar is a contract in the Uniform Commercial Code, which is nothing more than the old law merchant. In the Uniform Commercial Code, which rules our country, really, it's listed under specialty contracts. Under the section in the UCC called specialty contracts. And the reason it's considered a specialty contract is it has a couple of spe specific stipulations that if the contract doesn't have them included in it, it's not one of those contracts where they can do this. Okay? And the first one is called a recognizance. 
Now, don't let that word throw you like it did me for a while. It comes from the root word to recognize. And what it means is there's a clause in that contract that recognizes another body of law, such as the state statutes that are written, which says if you don't pay a card payment in so many days, they can come repossess it. It recognizes that in the contract that you sign with GMAC. And it has to be signed under seal, which means under penalty of perjury. Those are the two stipulations. Now, the, the specialty contract that meets those that most people are going to recognize that from is called a 1040 form. That's a specialty contract. That's a Jewish shetar. That's why they can exercise these self-help remedies. What's the recognizance, Cody? What's the recognizance in a 1040? I don't know. Well, you'll abide by all the regulations in Title 26 CFR. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what you're saying. It recognizes the, uh, the tax code that they come and apply against you to take your stuff. And it's only done with that specific contract. And those remedies are only applicable in the history of the planet to two areas of law. The law merchant, which we now call the UCC in our country, and the manorial law that ruled the feudal system for a thousand years. Well, you know, let me let me bring this point up. You know, if supposedly our Constitution says, you know, no involuntary slavery, you know, it's really interesting that these governments can run deficits and then expect the next generation mm. to pay Cody. for the retirement. You Cody, you, you answered your own question, and you don't even realize it. What is the 13th outlaw? You just said it. Involuntary servitude unless a person is duly convicted of a crime, right? Yeah, but they're, they're no, still... Oh, you Cody, know, Cody, Cody, Cody listen. Listen, Cody, just follow me for a second here. I'm trying to show you something, okay? It states in there that involuntary servitude is outlawed, but it doesn't say anything about voluntary servitude, does it? Now, voluntary servitude, the condition you're in from birth, is legal because it was omitted. Yeah, I, I guess you're you're right. I guess maybe legally, I just don't agree with that. You know, they they can claim don't that make a it don't make way, a, you know, a hill of beans that'll make you fart for a week. What you think? Yeah. Don't forget their Noahide laws, their, their latest, greatest version of their head-cutting conviction. The I'm important thing, you know, the big lesson that I carried away from all that I just pontificated on is that they utilize through history these self-help remedies to bring in. They overlay it on a culture. They start exercising them. They give themselves false authority. They, they literally terrorize these people into believing they're the authority, and this is always the forerunner is the utilization of self-help remedies under the guise of legitimate merchant law. And it's like the old saying, what they've done is taking private law and use it for public purposes, where when the country was founded, we had public law and we used it for private purposes. They've reversed it, just like everything else. It's all dialectically based. But the reality is, is 
you know, power corrupts, and whether it was Jewish or not, you know, John made the comment on the NLA call the other day, you know, that even these little county board people, you know, it goes to their head, and they just can get so easily corrupted. It's very true. It's and, very true. Uh, and it's just like Rothschild you know, said in the Hazard Circular, the people that are involved in the system won't buck it because it's so inimical to their interests. He's right. Well, it's like all the state governors that refuse to, you know, put their foot down on on the the federal overreach. You know, the Constitution says the enumerated uh, these enumerated issues, and we have the federal government stepping on everything. And and how come there's no governor that has the cojones? Because the there's state a few little bit here and there, but because the states are all they're not states anymore. They're political subdivisions, and they're all beholding to Washington for the handouts they give them. They never give you a handout where there's not a hook involved. Where if you receive the right. benefit, you owe the duty. There's never one of those yep. given with a barbless hook. You don't get off like the trout does. So we need to collapse the money system until we can get the, people to realize. That well, this I mean, you know, on, honestly, that's the answer is the grassroots up awareness. Because, you see, we make the decision. You make the decision every time you buy something. And you validate their system every time you buy something using their money. There's alternatives now. And that what, that's what makes Bitcoin and the cyber coins that scares the crap out of these people. Okay. Is because it gives us that option we've never really had it before. They've been a damn good job at suppressing gold and silver since the 30s. The, you got to go out and educate people on gold and silver now. Okay? Mm -hmm. With most people. All right? Well, the cyber coins is nothing but liquid gold, really, digital gold. And the combination of that rising, the people's awareness that Cody was alluding to that we talk about, and the fact that now we got something to use. And a lot of people are involved in Bitcoin and the cyber coins not to make money, but to topple these systems from below. Yeah. I... I heard a quote the other day, I can't remember who it was from, but I wrote it down. It said, if inaction caused the problem, action is the solution. It is. But we can't take actions that are, you know, charging San Juan Hill, okay? Because you, you, they got bigger guns and more guns and more people than you got, Cody. Sorry. Yeah, well, but the Civil War was, what, 3% of population or something. So once you well, get the to revolutionary, that, the point. Revolutionary War was 3%. The Civil War was a whole different animal. Oh, the Revolution, not the you know, Civil You know War. what, what okay. Daryl accurately called it one day, the war to bring in the civil law. Now, let me tell you what. Mm. That is so accurate a statement. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, absolutely. Well. The war to bring in that body of law where they can come use those self-help remedies. Lean, levy, garnishment, and I'm coming and kick your butt and grab your stuff, buddy. You better tear her in the corner because I got all the force and authority in the world, and you'll cower to it. Mm -hmm. Or we should say I've got all the perceived force and authority in the world. Because that's all it is, is a perception. It's David versus Goliath is what this is. 
Well, they've done such a good job of getting such a oh. large percentage of the population oh. drugged up, you know. But, no, uh, they got your condition, man. This is Pavlovian. Well, but also there's a you know, oh, the young people are so drugged up, oh, you yeah. know, too. Yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, they've used every other technique, and the reason they've gone to this extent this time is because of the other hundred previous times when they failed. Unlike us, they learn. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting. They supposedly busted this guy going to go shoot up a synagogue the other day. You think these guys would go after the bankers and not a damn synagogue? Well, they're know, they're the, the, they're the, using the, that. That's a that I guarantee that guy was set up somehow. Remember, there's that he was he was that, set up by the FBI. They gave him yeah. some fake dynamite and all. The point is, sure. why, if these guys are really going to do something like that, why in the hell are they broadcasting it? You know, and well, they find patches with about an eighty-five uh, uh, percent IQ that go onto social media and make stupid statements like you did, Cody, and they come and yeah. tie them. Well, my, my comment was, was not even too much, you know. It wasn't talking about violence. It was just talking about, you know. Coming for them with guns. Carry, you, and they didn't like that. You, you know? weren't talking about violence. You just talked about people coming after them with guns. <laughs> well, not, I didn't know he was going after anybody. It was a, a display of force, you could say. Yes. You know, they, you know it's funny. You know? They consider that a threat. Now, see, this brings well, up a phone. very, yeah. Cody, this brings up a very interesting concept and issue. And it's because of their very tenuous hold, and it's all fraudulently based, that they're so hypersensitive to even one guy standing up. Now, I learned this back mm. in our CCG meetings, our Citizens for Constitutional Georgia, and we had a, a meeting place for a while that was a barbecue joint. Really a good southern barbecue place. And they had a room upstairs that if we ate, they'd let us use for free. And so we'd go get a good meal and go have a good meeting. And it had a balcony out front that faced the parking lot across the street. It's a real busy, busy, congested area of, of uh, North Atlanta around Roswell Road and 285, for those of you who are familiar with Atlanta. And so those of us that smoke... During the break, we'd go out on that balcony and, and feed our monkey, you know. And so we'd also have great, you know, social uh, uh, conversations out there and whatnot. But we were out there during the break and across the street where everybody parked in the little shopping center, we started seeing flashes of cameras. And the damn ADL probably had one of their little satellite groups out there, and they were taking pictures of license plates in the parking lot across the street, which some may apply and some might not, of the people that were meeting across the street in our little group. And if you look at Israel, they're really all through their whole existence. They, they look for, for these small pockets of resistance to try and squash them before they get any kind of steam. And I've always thought they understand perfectly their whole deal is built on fraud. And they've got to squash those things before they get too big. It's like the ant and the grasshopper kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. It's uh, well, it's kind of like you know they call and that, they call us the goyim, meaning well, meaning cattle. That, that's why that's what well, makes me, the let me let me let me get this out there, especially for you, Cody. That's what makes this affidavit process so powerful. It's in an instrument that they recognize, an affidavit. It's one of the foundations of the whole legal framework. In fact, an, a, an affidavit properly formed and executed and presented to proper authority and unrebutted is the highest proof of truth in law, period. 
period. Most judges won't accept them, though. They won't well, well, they won't away, accept yeah. them if you're going to fight it from that level up. If you go to the top guy that's got all the authority and present it to him and he doesn't rebut it, then the judge has to take notice of that. You see, that's the yeah. power of this, all right? is you nip it in the bud at the very front end of the fraud where you put it in a way that they cannot overcome. They can't even say no. The best they've ever come up with in eight years is to send out these little bluff letters. And in Bob's instance there, he's the only person I know that's got a phone call from the State Department on this. Bob, Bob, you got a call? What, What was the call regarding Bob? Well, it was just a furtherance of, it was just the redux on the bluff letter. Basically, I sent in the letter, a rebuttal to their bluff, and they looked at that and said, well, gosh, maybe maybe he just doesn't get it, so they called me. And I so it said, wasn't one of these Indian scammers saying that they were from the State Department. Oh, no, no. It was no, actually it was, them, huh? No, it was the State Department, and she tried to convince me that we can only issue passports to U.S. citizens. And I said, okay, here, let's cut to the chase. I mean, we went around the rosebush a couple times, and finally it came down to, you know, she didn't care what I thought. She was issuing it only to U.S. citizens. And I said, okay, here's the deal. Is my information in my personal file? She said, yes. I said, okay, I don't care what you call me, just send me my passport because that defines who I am. You can call me whatever you want, just don't call me late for dinner. May I offer an observation? Yes, Chris, please. Certainly. Well, I think the State Department employee may have been technically correct because I was informed that the uh, satellite locations of the State Department's passport issuing locations where they have passport agents working there only issue passports to U.S. citizens. And nationals. And nationals. And it's stated right inside. Okay. Let me finish. But if you want to get your consulary, ambassadorial, or diplomatic immune, non-citizen U.S. national passport, you have to go to the State Department's Bureau of Consular Affairs explicitly because the satellite offices only deal with U.S. citizens. That may be true. Consular Affairs. I disagree, and the reason I disagree is because it says right in in their application. Yep. In the application, it says this applies to U.S. citizens and U.S. and nationals of the United States. Yep, and it says it it says it's an equivocation because they're they're imputing that to American Samoans, etc. What it is is the equivocation. The equivocation is they're saying U.S. citizens equate with you with citizens of the United States of America. 
That's the equivocation they're making. And they're correct. Just like it says in the State Department document, that Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationalities, in the first paragraph of the third, first sentence of the third paragraph, according to the INA, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. So what it says, so those words, not mine, comes right from their bureaucracy. What they did, everybody is both. They've just shifted the presumption of law where the presumption is you're this one. That's what they're saying in that sentence. They're really convicting themselves in that sentence in that document. That's why I'd advise, and you know, it's funny, John Kassarab just stumbled on this two days ago because he sent it to me. He said, Roger, this is a really interesting document. And I pulled the sentence out. I said, this convicts him right here. Bam. Okay. It's the clearest statement of what's going on where they convict themselves that I've ever found in almost 30 years. So here's the, when Brown versus Board of Education said equal in the classroom, equal in the society after they'd forced busing to make it the issue, couldn't they have easily said equal in the white high society country club, equal in the society? Couldn't they have done forced busing at the country clubs or done something with the country clubs and started it? And then everybody wouldn't have been in the second tier. They would have been in the first tier. And that's what they're saying in that document. You're all both. But it's up to you to figure it out, find out how to get out of it, find the exact person to send this to, and do it in the right manner. And if you can do that, you're out. Get out of jail free. Get out of tyranny free card. Well, country club is the right to associate under the Constitution. So well, that's not what, that's not, well, why wouldn't they let Trump in their country clubs in Florida then where he had to build Mar de Plata or whatever it is? Because they're private and they don't have to. The Constitution says it can't be for, forced to write a, so, yeah, the right of free association, the Constitution says that. Yeah. So anyway, that's just a little of the background stuff here. It's very interesting. It's taken me 30 years to come up with that understanding so simplified, and thanks to us finding that document with it stated so clearly in there. I mean, they just come right out and say it. Everybody's both. They don't elaborate on it, and they didn't want to say it. But they had to say it because they had to uh, differentiate the fraud that they put up there, the American Samoa, hiding that status behind them. Could you give us an illumination of which document you're speaking of? The Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality from the State Department. Oh, that's, yeah, that's under 18, uh, the uh, Title 8 UFC Section 341, I think. You can go to state travel.state.gov. Travel.state.gov. I'm just for the audience, Chris. And you can go up there in the search bar and put in Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality. And that page will come up. And you go to the third, second paragraph's only one sentence. You go to the third paragraph and read the first sentence and tell me it doesn't say just what I told you it said. Yes, all citizens are U.S. nationals, but some are not U.S. citizens. Correct. I'll get that document and give you the citation from what it says. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Section 341. It doesn't, give right a it doesn't give a section. It says according to the INA, Immigration Naturalization Act. 
That's all it says. It doesn't stipulate out any further. And then it has a comma. And then it says all U.S. citizens are nationals. I don't remember if there's U.S. in front of nationals or not, and I'm not going to take the time to drag it up. Statement's real clear-cut and straightforward. And at, for once, out of these slimy bastards, it's honest. Now, Cody, you don't know the history of this, but we started, of course, they never, I'm going to tell you one thing right out front, they never expected anybody to figure this out. Okay. And it's been, and nobody did for about 50 years. Well, they're high-priced lawyers that must be doing it for the Yale types out there, I would think. So oh, it's a, no, this comes out. Let me, tell you where, let me tell you where this came from. This came from the, the Grand Masonic Lodge in Paris, France. That's where it came from, I guarantee you. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I want you know. I'm going to ask Brett tomorrow on the right of association. It's in the Constitution. So then, how do we define, you know, what association is? I mean, can you say that you don't want to associate with parts of your government and get you know maybe that? No, part no. Of it's just talking that, about the public. You know, it's talking about the public. I believe in that. Let's see. Here comes yeah, Murr. Maybe maybe Murr knows. Maybe Murr. Murr. <laughs> right Murr, can you can you fill us and give us some background on the right of association in the Constitution, please? No. <laughs> <laughs> Murr, come on. They told us. To hop, they told oh, us you knew oh, everything. I've got. They told us you Hang knew on, everything. Oh, you got your radio on in the background. Shame on you. They told. They told us you knew Distracted. everything. Oh, shut up. <laughs> hey, what I wanted to, to uh, talk about, though, real quick, jump back to what you mentioned earlier about the Younger case in Texas. This judge, Kim Cooks, is a black woman that, that yes, Obama, Obama appointed, and he's probably dead. He's probably been killed for treason, but <laughs> that'll probably not come out. But anyway, um, she... Uh, uh, a jury, 11 to 1, ruled that this mother, this in vitro mother of twins, James and Jude, could have sole custody. She's a pediatrician, too. I'm sorry, in vitro, that's not a real mother. She doesn't have any maternal instincts. Well, it's not even her egg. It's only the father's sperm. So really, if anybody had property rights to the kids, it would be the father, not the mother. You well, know? It, this is crazy, okay? We need families. But anyway... So the 11 to 1 jury ruled that the mother could have sole custody. But after um, Governor Greg Abbott stepped in and said he was going to see about sending this to the attorney general for abuse and whatever and, and Ted Cruz, and so the judge uh, came back, Kim Cooks, and, and decided that they could both have custody, but they would have to go for counseling. And she gagged the father from having any media coverage so we need to be shouting about this from the rooftops all the time well there's you yeah, he, he should that have part was legal where he should have freedom Apparently of association he, with the media shouldn't he you want to bring yeah, out you know, why yeah. why well, how could they how could they bar him cody from doing that because he's under the presumption well, he, of law that he's a citizen of the united states and this administrative well, judge can make that decision uh, well, they're gonna argue it's a continuing court case because the kid's not old enough yet so they'll drag it out, and that's probably going to be the argument that, oh, it's a continuing case so we can legally gag them. But obviously, they're stepping on your First Amendment and any other you know, now, rights. I don't, I don't, see what happened. You know. 
He I'm raised one hundred thirty-nine thousand, so they're acting like that's bad. But he'd need that for court costs at least. Oh, absolutely. You know? But, but here, anyway, the, we need to keep talking about this since he has no voice. This is what they did in Sandy Hook that made me know it was false right away, was that they stationed a sheriff's deputy at each of the homes and no media coverage. Yeah, right. Okay, that well, let me know that still, that was... His friend has still got a page up where they're doing a lot. I forget the family, but there's still some Save James pages out there that are ran by other people that That's the judge good. doesn't have the right to gag. Well, my understanding is because it was a, you, I thought it was kind of interesting. Well, it's not criminal that they still require the jury to be unanimous. And they're saying because there was the one holdout, the judge can make the decision. But the larger question is, is what were the jury instructions that 11 I people can, could be manipulated? I can tell you. This mother. That's, I can I'd tell like you. Find out. I can tell you exactly what they were. These are the facts. Those are what, what, those are what you judge. I tell you as the judge what the law is that you apply. Yep. That's what they tell them. Well, same thing with Spencer. That's why, same listen. Thing with you know, he I, I, show I, any evidence. I'm going to get Harvey on here one day and get him to go over the story. of the, I met Harvey Wysong through FIJA. Fully Informed Jury Association. Heard him on the radio. Oh, okay. He gave out his phone number. I pulled over the side of the road on the interstate, wrote it down, and called him when I got home. That's how we met. Okay? And and we got to be great friends. And he had a, a, a pretty activist little group in his little Fiji thing. That was one of his first real strings that he bit on when he got into this. And we went down to the Richard B. Russell building. Now, I'm sure you don't know what that is, Cody. It's the federal court. No, but court. you shut down all seven floors. I we heard your sure story. We Handing out those Fijas, uh, booklets in the parking lot, shut down the federal courthouse seven floors. Why didn't they arrest you to harass you? Like, we were in the, because of right of association. Well, they've done it to other people handing those out. But know, we weren't on their yeah, property. Hold it. That, they were on their property when they handed them out. We were in the parking lot. Right. We weren't on their property. No. Specifically. Well, they still say that that's jury tampering. I don't know if they No, they, no, they can't. They yeah. can't now because they then they expose the fraud. Because you're, the ju yeah, you're supposed to have the law and the jury's supposed to decide the law and the facts, yeah. not have them split. That's the fraud well, there. a bunch of... I put a bunch of links about this in your uh, rogersales.chitango.com, and okay. I won't send them to you. I don't hear back from you, so I don't know if well, you know, Mer, sending you stuff. I, I, can't, I just don't stay on this 24 hours a day. At, my, at this stage, I insist on having a life. And so, yeah. you know, uh, I, I just yeah. can't follow yeah, all the trails thing. that everybody sends nope. and emails, or well, I wouldn't have any much. time for myself, you know. So I have to be pick and choosy. And yeah. I take specific Field topics, and I try and deal in <laughs> concepts so we can get this across to a wider audience, in all honesty. go ahead. Right. And that's why I don't dwell right. on any. I wouldn't listen to anything that Q said. I, I can't believe that anybody would waste their time following an anonymous source. It just I, it baffles me at this stage, but I know there's people that are like cats, and they like to throw a laser pointer in front of them. Oh, come on. All the town media says, you know. Anonymous sources. Sources say. Uh, yeah, but you, know, you see, got, I'm trying to show people. Blowers. I'm trying to show people truth. 
It's just the same reason I've never mentioned UFOs to anybody I was ever talking to about this stuff. The minute you mention UFOs, I don't care about them. I'm not. I'm got things that are concrete, historical, black letter law truths that can't be denied if somebody looks at it with an objective mind. And the minute you bring all this woo-woo stuff in there, you've lost a large percentage of them. So that's why I do it the well, way. Well, let me just do one more one more item in here. Field McConnell of Able Danger. They arrested him, and like Jim Stone says, two words: Broward County. <laughs> yeah, Broward so, County's right. Anyway, rotten, look rotten. into that if you want. Just or not. south, Other just south calls. of you down there, Bob. I mean, listen. When you got a sheriff of the county that's last name is Israel, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and he comes from my country. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that, that ought to be a that ought to be yeah. an alarm bell right there. And the idiots. So I just wanted the to say, idiots, keep talking about this younger case. The idiots. Keep talking about it. Hold on, the idiots that reside in Broward County that would elect a absolutely schlep like Debbie Wasserman Schultz deserve every damn Jesus. thing they get. Hey, <laughs> God, well, do you lady. know who's in charge of elections? Don't you? Yeah, about Ann. Yeah, there about was a, Ann Nurberg. She's yeah. NSA cybersecurity. She bragged about 2018 elections going just swimmingly. Well, that's why so, you don't participate. More of that. I'm, I'm not going to participate that's, that's in their right. fraud, you know. Right, right. But see, that's the thing. Each of us has to choose how far we can go and what we can't do and can do. You know, family entanglements or whatever else. But withdrawal participation as much as you can, as soon as you can. That's what I tell people, you know, so... If I may, I have the legal information citation here in front of me. What well, uh, don't hold the this, don't, don't hold this in suspense and get your pencil. <laughs> Title eight of the United States Code, Section one four five two Certificates of Citizenship or US non citizen national status procedure. And down under B, I won't bother with A because it's fairly lengthy, but it doesn't have as much as we want. But application to the Secretary of State for certificate of non-citizen national status, proof, oath of allegiance, a person who claims to be a national but not a citizen of the United States may apply to the Secretary of State for a certificate of non-citizen national status upon one Proof to the satisfaction of the Secretary of State that the applicant is a national, but not a citizen of the United States. Uh, there's a two that I can read if you like, and it says you, you don't. You, let's just let you, without without going through all that. Let's just say that that application and that section of the code is for American Samoans. Well, or people who remove no. themselves from uh-uh. the burdens of uh-uh. being a citizen. No, no they're different. Okay, and it says they can't be a citizen of the United States. That's what all their court cases have been about. They want to be, and they won't I let have. them because they've got this thing segregated over there where they can hide this status behind it, so they can't even really address the facts of the case. And that's why, Chris, in the well, and, and they're saying in the code that that person can apply for this document, right? And then in the document, you they look, are. it says, well, we don't do that anymore. The paper was so expensive, and that fancy ink we had to use just cost us too much. And so now just apply for a passport. That's what it says but at the end of that document. 
of me, documents, just... here's a little further information that you need to know. This is Section 308 of the Immigration and Naturalization Act, Title 8 U.S.C. 1408, says more or less that a person born in an outlying possession of the U.S., a foreign-born child of such a person, is a U.S. national but not a U.S. citizen. At the present time, the only outlying possessions of the U.S. is defined in Title 8 U.S.C. Section 1101A, parenthetical A29, are American Samoa and Swains Island in the South Pacific. However, some that are studied in these matters understand that unless they're talking about the corporate states of Subcorp U.S. Inc., Title 28 section. <laughs> I can tell you that one, but I, I, I don't want to state it right now. Chris. But the states themselves are born to the D.C. Chris. It's not within the municipal corporation. Why don't you use the real can law? Can I give you one why don't thing? You, hold on, hold on. No, no, you can't. you got to hold on for a second, Merle. <laughs> Chris, why don't you use the real law? Why don't you use the Nationality Act of 1940 out of the statutes at large, the organic law, and you go right to that document which this other stuff is pulled from over to the code, the fake law, the civil law, and it goes over, and in the very top, it gives definitions. And definition A, right under the bold heading, the Nationality Act of 1940, it says definitions, and A says a U.S. national is a person who owes total allegiance to a state, small s. That's as far as you need to go right there. Interesting. Yes, Murr, you were going to hey. say? Yeah, I just wanted to say one more thing now that you brought it up, made me think about it, and I'll, I'll probably forget at some future point since I don't know everything. <laughs> but with the census coming up, for all us regular people that are just trying to trying to get along and, and withdraw where we can, uh, Ralph Winterbrood kind of brought this to the surface. But, you know, they're, they're wanting to put on that, are you a citizen on the census? And what you need to do is put not applicable even even if you don't apply for anything else just put that because if you put yes if you check yes then you're agreeing to be under the absolute plenary powers of congress well all you're doing is confirming the presumption that you've been carrying since birth if you haven't corrected it just like when you go get your driver's license, they say, are you a resident? When you go get a loan, they ask you, are you a citizen of the United States? Are you a resident? Those are doing nothing but confirming your condition. They're not causing the condition. Right. Right. But I'm saying for a stopgap measure for, for just everybody out there, well, it's you a good see way that to... question on your census, just put not applicable well, or that, not or, or you could you could write of America, of the United States of America behind U.S. citizen and check it. But that may be considered defacing a form and it wouldn't register in their processing. And I understand that. It would be an individual uh, reaction to that circumstance. But, yeah, you mm-hmm. click, hell, just click doesn't apply. As good as any. Yeah, but I'm just. But the point yep. is that you see, our community is under the misconception that those kind of things cause your condition, and that's not true. All they do is confirm your condition. Right. Right. And that that fulfills right. one of the requirements of this do- uh, document that we refer to called the Constitution, where they have to have the consent of the governed. They've got it. Most people answer yes and sign it. Mm-hmm. That's their false legitimacy. 
we're in a big mess, but uh, that, that's a stopgap measure that. Well, it's not a measure. A it's not going to do anything. Any, it's not going to make any difference whether you do or not. Honestly. Well, it but it's a way of, of, of taking these individual instances where they've got you tricked into confirmation and sidestepping it. Yeah. Okay. They Listen, the people that are taking the census, they don't know what to do. When I, That first time when I got that, that Florida State ID and I was green as a twig, I thought I had it. I didn't know. I had not had confirming experiences. I went to get the driver's license so I could apply for the passport because the guy at the post office wouldn't let me do it without it. I go in there. Hey, they, listen. They shoot me down to oh. the ID. I plop my affidavit, five pages now, up on the counter. I never said a word to the woman. I walked up to her station. I put the thing on the counter. She took the document turned in her little swiveling chair and started running it through the scanner. Turns back to me and says, are you a citizen of the United States? I said, no. She said, are you a resident? I said, no. She said, where do you live? This, all this other stuff. I answered all her questions that were applicable. She said, okay, Mr. Sales, that'll be $4. Go over there and get your picture taken. She didn't know to object when I said no. She just knew she's got to ask the question and get an answer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like the, the race question on the driver's license, and I said, well, I used to run sprints. And she said, well, you don't have to answer that. What? <laughs> but also, a lady, a lady recently came out here as a little side job. You know, to heckle people for the census. Well, it's like it's like when you go up to these new credit card places and you give the credit card to the lady, and she says, "Strip down and press one," and you go, "Which one should I press?" Listen, I got a friend in Georgia that did that. <laughs> Yeah, look out, people in this country, look out for these people that are taking a little side job, getting a little creamy, creamy side job of uh, going around and, and basically heckling your neighbors for the census, right? I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, and I didn't invite anybody. This lady shows no. up, and uh, she has her laptop there, and she wants to ask me these questions. And I said, no, I'm not participating. And she said, well, you know, it's a job. And I said, so is the boarding babies and more. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> she, boy, she's you, like, what? <laughs> boy, you hit her low right there, didn't you? <laughs> but anyway, I, you know, her, I, she if wanted my address. I said, it, the address is on the mailbox. If, you, if she'd had testicles, you'd have flat kicked her right, right there. But anyway, I just wanted her to, to realize, you know, this, this is how they're hooking people. Oh, a little bit of extra money. Money is more important than morality. We see this more well, and more. Well, it's Everyone's getting turned into a it Jew. It goes right <laughs> back to the control of the monetary system and the fact that they've got us. You know, remember, when Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments, he came down and found them worshiping the golden calf. The golden calf of materialism. They're using the same stuff over and over again. That's what they've got us doing. Well, it's like that bull out there on Wall Street. That's the golden sure. calf all grown sure. up, huh? Sure. Everybody likes to go and pet its yeah, tail. Somebody <laughs> needs to go over there with a blowtorch and castrate that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
well, saying that the census workers are putting money ahead of morality, I mean, that's assuming that they even think it's immoral. They have no idea. Yeah, right. That's, that's not even an equation in their mind. Would those be brass? That's, that's what I'm saying. It's so far mind. beyond. Bob, so would, those, be, we've been, would those be yeah. called brass mountain oysters? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Wall Street oysters. Wall Street oysters. It's the shiniest part on the on the statue. Yeah, it doesn't surprise Everybody's me. Everybody's fondling them all the time. <laughs> well, I'm well, sorry the show's degraded to this level, but sometimes <laughs> it happens. That's what ha- that's what happens with the free flow of consciousness, the yes. uh, unprotected social intercourse, right? That's right. That's right. I wonder how big of a, of, a, of a hole behind it has, you know, if you're on Wall Street with a lot of a-holes, you know. Boy, they got a bunch of they got a bunch of psychopaths up there, brother. That's a nesting ground for them. They put little fearless girl statue out in front of it but, now, so now they've got the you, feminist thing going on. I with forget. It. I forget if it was Mike Rivera or or uh, Robbie Noel that used to tell the story. Some of these scientists went and wired up these Wall Street traders with EKG machines, where they can read their brain waves, and the the thrill of of screwing a customer or making a, a making a big deal on a deal is the exact same part of the brain that lights up when you do cocaine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Well, it's the same thing with the social media, and they know it. They knew it before they let, yeah, it, they let it loose, the they cell did. phone. They did. They yeah. knew the algorithms elicit dopamine production. True. And what does stock trading mean, stock or cattle? Well, over in over there where Chris too is, they call them shares. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, I'll get but, off here. I'm I've well, used up enough thanks, of your time, Mer. but I just well, wanted people to, okay. to, to to keep talking about that Jeff Younger case. Hey, yeah, are. is that the huh? ones where they're trying to uh, get the the kids with the mother to castrate get cancer? The oh, they want to castrate right. him and change his sex. That's right. Yeah, yeah she wants to make him Luna, and she has twins. There's another boy. They're false. They're not true twins. They're yeah. not. Uh, they're fraternal. They're fraternal, identical. not identical. It's it's repulsive. Yeah. The whole situation. The whole situation is repulsive. What about? Did you see the story on the doctors? These doctors that were fertility specialists that have impregnated all these women with their sperm? One oh, of them had like yeah, 170 oh something babies in the area? Of I don't his? think it was true about the stuff Mangala did, but the stuff that's really going on is there was, absurd. Was, and there how many the of them are Jewish? Well, I don't know. I didn't, I, I, I didn't <laughs> make the There was two of them that, that the stories. When there were all that many, all that new babies showing up with the name Jaime. <laughs> that should have been a was he uh, was he an Edomite? Does anybody familiar enough with the story? Were you the one of those two doctors, Edomite doctors? I forget. I, that seems like I was making an assumption. Oh, okay. Well, you may be right. Uh, but anyway, interesting. Boy, they they have really clouded society up, haven't they? Ugh. Morality? What's that? I'm going to tell you. If this is their dream world, I want no part of it. I want off. <laughs> yep. Stop the world. Right I want to get off. Wasn't that that old movie? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm actually I'm very thankful I'm getting closer to the end of this ride. <laughs> Do you, I mean, you <laughs> know, the beginning. Bo- like Bob. Four Bob's children. got, Bob, you got two or three daughters, Bob. 
three? Three. Three. And, and what's their ages? Uh, 20, uh, let me thank you. <laughs> 20, uh -oh. Sorry to put you on the spot. On, yeah, so, I mean, for... 2018 and 15, I'll get it right. Yeah. For, for, for young people that, especially females of that age, to be brought up under the tutelage of a father like Bob, it, you know, the, the future is... Well, it can't be like the ones oh. we saw when we were kids, put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, the whole the whole system. Georgia Peach, the uh, the uh, radio personality out there in uh, oh yeah, in California, uh, Santa Cruz. Uh huh. Yeah, well they it was a Jewish op, and they bleach sure. bit her eight years of uh, work. Yeah. But there's still some on um, when Giants Break the Spell. Frank Raymond she had on as a guest, and they were just so ticked off at her pushing white people <laughs> well they're hypersensitive the they're hypersensitive because they know the consciousness levels rising that's the that's the said, problem they've oh, got and that's the one that they're terrified of because they they know the numbers always beat them yeah yeah and they i guess it was with david duke interview she said um you know, trouble with the poor women. She said, our, our women are more lost than last year's Easter egg. Very true. <laughs> Very true. That was one of Phyllis Schlafly's uh, uh, big, uh, big things that she'd beat on all the time, that women have given away their natural power. They've stolen it away from yeah. them, and then they've voluntarily and, given it away. Right. Well, they and that's who they, of course, the enemy focuses on. Of course. Because you guys are emotionally based, and they can control you using them. Well, there's not going to be any family if there's no women participating. I'm, you know. I, I'm not. You know what? I, I understand that, but I'm just saying that that's yeah. their technique, right there. I mean, it oh, goes sure. back to the Garden of Eden. Yeah. You know, one important what? thing with, as I mentioned, with the women, as Jordan Peterson said one day, he's reminding everybody that, you know, women really only have about 15 years to have kids and. People have been so brainwashed into the, or the women have been so brainwashed into the career that those 15 years just fly by. Yep. And uh, that's something that I think needs to be impressed upon the women. Yeah, Jordan Peterson They're is a prick, though. I'm most, sorry. Most, <laughs> most well, women. His own daughter is so messed up. Most, you know, of course I, that's true. I of think course most, that's true. And it started really in the 70s with Fridan and the rest of them. But that was an op. I think that you know, most and, women. And, Women's Whether brains are constantly going where men compartmentalize because they have to focus on a, an issue, you know. But then you listen to me, and I know everything, and I'm talking a mile a minute. So. I think that most women are inherently aware of their biological clock and its limitations. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So why do they waste so much time careering, you know, until... Because, they, because they've bought the lie. You know? Because they've bought the lie, unfortunately, uh, Cody. And and and, yeah. and 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 young people don't have that discernment. Some do. Occasionally, you'll find some that do, but they're very rare in my experience. Which generation gets tricked more and more and further from the land and reality? Well, I, I'll tell you what. This millennial generation that's coming up may just be the one that makes a change because they're going to see everything yep. that they've been shown and taught. Uh, uh, fall in front of their faces and know that they got no future unless they make some changes. It is going to be, to some extent, necessity. Well, this is 
spiritual discernment, and I sure hate their categorizing us with their ear tags of of our baby boomers and all. And I've told you that before. I mean, it's just disrespectful to us. No, we're families. We're not generations for your feedlots. We're we're a herd of cattle. Uh, bull. I'm not taking. That they're trying to dehorn. Mur, You may not accept. Get away it. from the media. You may not accept it, but just look around. They're right. Get away from the media, people. Well, yeah, I but love <laughs> well, nobody here is do- is dwelling on that stuff. But we're here having an intelligent discussion of things that are important and basic. The herd out there ain't in, ain't with us. Have you noticed? But think about it. I mean, I'm still trying to purge things out of my head, and and most people don't even think they need to. I mean, constantly you'll. You'll think of something, and what will be related to a movie or a song. Yeah. And that's all from them, too. That's all controlled and a lot of the publishing. So you have to really hone your discernment. Everything you read, you want to look and see who the author is and make sure it's really their right name. You know, it's like Jesus. I think it's Matthew 24 said five times, do not be deceived. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I told you Matthew 24 about the the crypto-Italians, about... uh, you know, the infiltration, that was Acts 24 towards the end there, where Felix and his Jewish wife, Drusilla. It's funny because I've been listening to Josephus' history. You know, I was thinking how Putin gave that book to Netanyahu when he was over there. So there's this real long thing where people are donating their time and reading, reading all of it. I've only got about a third of the way into it, and I let it play all night. Wow. It's pretty good. Yeah. Josephus, Josephus, one of that apocrypha that they left out of the Bible is so important. Some of that, Enoch, and some of those books. Uh, Listen, we're down towards the end of the more of the Jews. Well, just, Thank you. I like the one, I like the one Obadiah. Just just tell him Obadiah, Mer. Yeah. Just tell him Obadiah. I just got one word for you, Obadiah, and see if the blood blood doesn't drain out of their face. Thanks, Patrick. I guess Patrick left. Mer left. Uh, we got a minute. I'm still around. I'm listening. Oh, there you are. I guess we got Brent with us tomorrow. I know uh, he hadn't told me otherwise, and I know he enjoys being with us. So we got that scheduled and see what's on Brent's mind. Uh, anybody got anything that you wanted to inject here before we hear the whistler? Well, uh, exactly. the, the Burnham deal. Bob? Go ahead. It's not exactly what? Oh, I was, I was just going to give a little one that, we've all heard before, but it's still a, a little funny and it's very accurate, you know, talking about the younger generation. And the fact is, it's not just the younger generation, but it came up that way earlier in the conversation of what they do, you know, they just don't get it. Well, there's so many people our own age and, and older they that don't, don't understand it yep. either. And so, of course, what you want to say is, you know, are you, ju- are you ignorant or are you just apathetic? And of course, the comeback is, well, I don't know and I don't care. Well, they probably say I'm epileptic. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> no, I'm I'm neither one of them. I'm an epileptic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lordy. It's hard to. You, you keep coming back to that, and, and I never knew where it came from, but I'm going to put it out there again. And I, I ought to read the book, I suppose. Upton Sinclair's book, The Jungle, oh, yeah, about the yeah. packing industry back around right. the turn of the century. Chicago. That quote out of there that says, it's nearly impossible to make a man believe something 
when his whole livelihood is based on it not being true. Yep. Yep. Right that's there. My para- that's my paraphrase. Uh, that's he, not how he said it, but it, it he, gets the point across. This interesting headline on Zero Hedge, uh, when um, ABC Veritas released that little clip of that anchor, female anchor talking about having the Epstein good. story. You know what? You know what ABC has done? They went in and found the person that had access to that stuff and fired them. <laughs> oh, that's a shock. Is there no justice? I can't believe they would not, do that. Not at the establishment media. There's not. They're running scared, man. These people are getting exposed from every angle. I guarantee you, they're, they are they are not in a good mental position these days, which is very beneficial for us because then they press their agenda, and when they do that, they make mistakes. So, uh, oh yeah. So oh, we yeah. back out. We make ourselves strong. We remove ourselves from her and let her fall on her own. And maybe then we can rebuild a little bit with some decent principles. Guys, I want to thank everybody. Chris, too, thanks for riding the Erie with us. Chris, one, thanks for your all of your injections and your codes and your statutes. Uh, Patrick, as always, don't hear from you enough. Murr, appreciate you. And I think I probably got everybody right there. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow. I don't know. I'm feeling left out, right? Bob, 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 how could you ever forget Bob? <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow with Brent. I'll let and, it pass uh, this one. You guys, I, I know I'm forgiven. Yeah. You guys have a good day, and uh, we'll see what happens <laughs> between now and then tomorrow. And uh, sure, I enjoy these, these little get-togethers. We really talk about very meaningful things. It's intellectually stimulating. Most of us don't get very much of that in our lives anymore. So uh, glad to have you aboard. See you tomorrow. Ciao, ciao. Hey, could, could you forward me Patrick's information? Yeah, I sure can. I'll put you two together. All right. Yeah, and read the, the book of Esther today. Yeah, right. Everybody read that. That'll give you the real picture. Of the I call it Jewish Mardi Gras. <laughs> the beast is pure eye. Oh!